praise you, Jesus. So um, I just am so thankful. I'm just so thankful where we are in who we are, in, who, who's, in whose we are. You know, Paul was on his way to uh, Rome as a prisoner in the middle of a ship that he saw wasn't a good deal to take. And he tried to convince people, but the fair weather attracted the leader, the, the, the guard and the shipmaster more than the prophetic sound that Paul carried. So now he's in a storm. It's down, what, 11, 12 days. Nobody's eating. Everyone's given up hope. And finally, Paul has to come out of where he's been, which is with the Lord. Cammie said, woke up, said, you didn't hear that viewer greeting. The Lord said to her, don't panic. It was the first two words he said to her when she woke up this morning. And then we were, ton we were looking into the word kiss the sun and the posture that that is for all of us to hold. Uh, so he's now in this place. It's to get into the secret place, and he's holding his place. And so finally he gets up onto the, top, onto the deck of the ship, and he says to all of these people, the prisoners, the shipmen, the centurion, don't, don't, don't be afraid. You're not going to die. And he said, there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. And he said to me, God has granted you. No, at first he said, you must appear before Caesar so you can't die. Your, your, your destiny, of your prophetic promise has to carry you to the future. But God has granted you, everybody who's sailing with you. And so what's going to happen, brethren? He says, you need to eat because you've, been, you've just been given up hope and you've lost your place. He said, just eat because what's, we're going we're gonna to find our way. We're going to be run aground into, a, into an island. We'll lose the ship, but not one life will be lost. And sure enough, when the fair weather was there, no one was listening to the Apostle Paul. But now they're all listening. They're all listening. And faith rose. In fact, it's just incredible. It's right at the end of the Acts, so we'll, we'll get there. But I believe that we are coming into an awareness of the inheritance that we have in Christ and that God has in us. And it is going to become larger and overriding the circumstances of life that are trying to prevail. Because as Acts 2 says, never, for, I mean, Psalm 2 says, never forget it. It is the truth. You cannot, it is the truth. The New Testament is built on it. The promise of the Messiah it were the first words Jesus uttered out of his mouth when he came forth out of the abyss. And it says, why do the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his Messiah, his Christ, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces. Let us cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. That's what, Lord, you want to understand what's Jesus doing right now? He's laughing, and he's then holding them in derision. What is derision? It's a mockery of God saying, well, go for it. Try it. Wow, I'm impressed. Oh, boy. That's what God's doing to man's plans of conspiracies and overthrowing and removing the, the, the lordship of Jesus. The Lord will speak to them in his wrath. 
then distress him with his great displeasure. Then the Father speaks, Yet I have set my king, Lord Jesus. I poured myself into my king, Lord Jesus, on my holy mountain of Zion at that coronation of Pentecost. And then Jesus says what God said to him when he called him out of the abyss after he had died spiritually and taken upon himself all our sin. And he said, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. But Psalm 2 says, I will declare. So Jesus, I will declare the decree you said to me. God spoke. You are my son. Today I've begotten you. I will say back to you, you, I am your son. Today you have begotten me. Ask of me, and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. The nations. Every nation is the Lord's. Every, out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, he has redeemed and has an inheritance. And he is not about to relinquish any of it because somebody thinks they don't want him to be their Lord. I'm telling you that we are about to see such changes, but it first starts in the heart of the believer. Don't panic. Don't panic. We are a part of a story that cannot be altered because the story is written by God. And therefore, it has to be the way it was written. It will come to that conclusion. So, I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of your earth for your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Beloved, 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 beloved. That is the manner in which God starts to execute his order and to bring his rule in place when others are saying, we will not have you rule over us. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Recognize that you have a creator and you have a judge and you will have to answer. And recognize that he is not going to let you have your way because he's only interested in one way, and that's the way of the Lord Jesus and what he brought to the earth to save humanity. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. It's a picture of homage. It's a picture of deference. It's a picture of intimacy and of coming into, I'm coming under and in submission to. I kiss the son. Lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Then the last line, blessed are all those who put their trust in him. You see, we, we, can't, we can't lose if we put our trust in him. We, can't, we will not find ourselves short. We will find ourselves in God and his ability to take us to the next place. That's, all, that, that's our line. That's the whole book of Psalms is over and over and over the blessing that comes upon those who put their trust in the Lord. It is better to, to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in horses or the legs of a man or the, the, bank, the bank system or any system. It's just to put your trust. Oh, Lord, I put my trust. I was woke up this morning. And I, so I spent my time with the Lord, and I, I, I thought to myself what it would have been like to have been at the beginning of the story of the church, the birth of the church. So we're, we, we've been grafted into Israel and Israel's story and the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we have such a rich heritage inside of the, the process of time. But now Jesus has been raised from the dead, 
And he's meeting with his apostles because we are about to begin a new covenant, a new creation. We're about to enter into the fulfillment of all things. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And so for 40 days, he's telling his disciples about the kingdom, the kingdom of God. He's proving by his appearance, by his eating, by his demonstration, I am alive, I am raised. And so then they leave Jerusalem, they move up to Mount Olives, and he says, you don't leave Jerusalem because in not many days from now, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses to me. And, and they're going, whoa, what does that mean? Does that mean we get the kingdom back? Israel comes back to her glory? He's not for you to know times and seasons, but to know that what God the Father has in his own authority. But you will receive power to be witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And then after saying these words, he rises into the sky, just lifted, hell, exalt. Literally, it means he was being exalted. It's, it's, and they're watching him go and then disappear into the cloud of glory. And while they're up there staring, the angels stand in white garments and say, hey, what are you guys looking up so intently? The same Jesus who left is coming the same way he left. And so they are going, okay, let's go do what we were told. So they're off to Jerusalem for, for the next 10 days or in prayer until Pentecost comes. And then comes the power. <sighs> Suddenly, but so strongly, like a whirlwind, like a mighty tempest, and they're all speaking in tongues, and they're all magnifying the Lord. And then the people that are devout and have been there because of the feast, they're going, what's happening? What's happening? And you know the story. Peter has to give them Joel as a, uh, the means to truth, to recognize a spiritual manifestation was prophesied by, the, by Joel, and then he preaches Jesus. He talks about this Jesus whom God, they had crucified and Jesus had been raised from the dead. So after the, after the recognition that he is seated at the right hand of God, has received the promise of the, the Holy Spirit, and he's poured him out, and everyone is seeing and hearing the manifestation and demonstration, there, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? He said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus, for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so with many other words, they kept the story going. They preached for a long time. And they said, be saved from this perverse and crooked generation. Come out of this generation. And as many as gladly heard the word, there were like 3,000 that were born again and baptized into water and experienced the remission of sin and came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the church grew. And daily they were in the apostles' teaching. They were eating. They were fellowshipping. They were praying. And fear was coming upon the church. And miracles were beginning to be manifested. And God was adding to the church daily. This is the beginning of our story. This is our beginnings. Our beginnings. Not another group. We are, we are a continuous tribe. We have the witnesses that have gone before us that are in heaven who have believed in the Lord Jesus. And we have us who are on earth believing in our Lord Jesus. We are one family. So, at Peter, I don't know how, and John, they head off to the temple. It's noon. It's the hour of prayer, and they're going up to pray. 
come to the gate beautiful. And there's a paralyzed man who's been lame, never walked a day in his life, over 40 years old. He's been there while Jesus walked through the gate, but today something's just triggering. First, the man wants some money, so he, he looks and, and he gets their attention. Can you, can you, can you help me? And they, Peter says, look at us. So now he's going, yay, yay, I'm going to get what I'm looking for, some money. And Peter says, silver and gold I don't have. But what I do have, I'm giving you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he grabs him before he has a chance to think about anything. And the man jumps up and immediately strength goes into his ankle and his bones of his feet. And he stands up and he begins walking and leaping and praising God. Now, do you know how impossible that would be? Besides the miracle of the regeneration of his feet, he's never developed muscles. He's never learned balance. He's never crawled. Maybe he crawled because he used his upper body, but he's never stood. He's never walked. And now he's walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the joy, people come rushing in, come rushing in. And Peter says, what do you want? What's so amazing about this? Or why are you even looking at us as though it was us? Like, we're so godly and so much power. He said, it was the name, the name of Jesus, the faith that's on this name, the faith that comes from this man has made this man, you see, whole and complete. Oh, they were excited. He said, but I... This man has been raised from the dead. Again, you crucified him, but God raised him. And now it's time to repent and to be converted and, and to receive the blotting out of your sin and then to come into the refreshing of the Spirit because Jesus is in heaven and he's going to wait there. He has to be kept there until the restitution of all things till the completion of the promises of the Father and the covenant completions of the church. He's going to wait. He's going to wait. And then he's coming. But listen, Moses said, I'm going to send a prophet. There's, God's going to send a prophet like me whom you will listen. So this Jesus now is to turn every one of us from our iniquities, our own ways, our own doing things our way, making our own, but come unto him, and in there will be such refreshing. Meanwhile, the Sadducees, chief priests, are totally angry and jealous and envious, and they rush upon the apostles, and they grab Peter and John, and they put them in prison. Peter and John... Show up the next morning when they pull them up. The Sadducees was a sect of the Jewish worshipers that believed not in a resurrection and did not believe in the spirit world. They were liberals. And the Pharisees believed both in the spiritual and in the angel, and they were conservatives. But the Sadducees were in rule, and they gathered them, and they said, what, tell us, how did you do this? What name did you do? And Peter said, if you need to know by what name this miracle was done for this hope, helpless man, let it be known to you and all of Israel that it was the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that made this man whole. <laughs> and he went on and said, hey, and not only that, but this is the only name you can get saved by.
This is the only name. It's the only name given among men under heaven, whereby which every man must believe if they're to be accept the gift of salvation. Oh, they're furious. And they said, you've got to stop this. They said, we can't. They, they conferred the Sadducees, the, the council. What do we do? We can't deny the miracle. It's standing right in front of us. He's there. But so that this doesn't go any further, we've got, to, we've got to threaten them. We've got to do anything we can to intimidate them with all the authority that we carry. And so they commanded them, don't you ever, ever, ever say that name again. Don't teach in the name. Don't speak the name. Don't say the name. And then Peter and John said, well, you tell me whether we should obey God or we should obey you. What's right in the sight of God? So they let him go. No other way to accept more and more threats. They come back into their the company of believers. They tell the story. And they immediately go into prayer again, all together in prayer. And they bring up Psalm 2. They quote it to the, to the Lord. That why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and rulers have taken counsel together against the Lord and against his Christ. And all things that have occurred were by the predetermined plan of God. It was never, uh, oops, we, we didn't, we, we, we let the Messiah die. No, he had to die to be the Messiah. Without the sacrifice, there is nothing to redistribute sin upon him and, not, and off of us. So it was all God's plan. Now he, now he's seated. But Lord, Father, we need more boldness. So would you stretch forth your hand to heal? Would you do signs and wonders in the name of your holy servant? And so when they had prayed, the place where they were seated shook. Now, I've been in some good prayer meetings in my life, but I've never yet had an earthquake. Well, now I'll be honest. I, we did have an earthquake. We had an earthquake once. <laughs> we did have an earthquake once. Dear God, we did. You want to hear the story? Just real quick. It's, it's a phenomenal. We had David uh, John Kilpatrick. John Kilpatrick is the, fa uh, uh, the pastor of the Brownsville Revival, a friend of ours. And he'd come and he ministered. While he, as he finished ministering, he stepped down to go and to, it'd been a long day to sit in, to be over in my office. And I came up to release the blessing. I'm standing there just blessing us because we're just in a hungry position. We want what you've got, God. We're here for everything. We're crying out. And all of a sudden, people are going, oh, 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 oh. And I'm going, wow, that's a good prayer. <laughs> and, but it wasn't a good prayer. It was the earth shook. There was an earthquake in Santa Paula, a, a, a sizable earthquake, so much so that uh, his family in Alabama was calling David John Kilpatrick to say, are you okay? Because we just heard on the news there's an earthquake. And uh, Tommy, Ten uh, no, uh, Dennis Tenorino, who was Mr. Universe, and he was up at the meeting. He comes up, and it's just like it shook. The place shook. So when it happened, the apostles, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak the word with boldness. Boldness, more. More boldness. And, and God gave them this ability to, to have great power to witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And grace was upon everyone. People began to sell their homes. They'd already started it 
at the very beginning. They began to sell their home and throw their money at the apostles' feet, which meant we have no need for this, but we want you to take possession of it and distribute it to whoever has need. No strings attached. God said, sell your house, give it all to the church. And you're the, here it is. No strings attached. No de designated giving. Just bam. And it's happening. Even Joseph, who becomes called, who we know later as Barnabas, because he's given the name Barnabas after he sells a bunch of property and just hand, puts it at the apostles' feet. And so it's, whoa. This is so incredible that people are getting caught up in the emotion and not yet fully engaged in the spirit. Some, a couple, Ananias and Sapphira, they're a couple. They sell their home and they have second thoughts. They think, well, if I was to just, um, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of money. I don't know what they thought. But they came up with a simple idea. Well, you know, why don't we just keep back a portion? And we'll just go lay it on the, at the apostles' feet like everybody else is doing. Who will know? And except Peter was told by the Holy Spirit when they put the money at his feet. He said, what are you doing? How did you let Satan place in your heart an idea to deceive God? You have not lied to men. You've lied to God. And he says to him, he says, listen, when the property was yours, it was yours. Nobody was saying, this is the new doctrine of the church. Sell your house and give us your money. It was something spiritually way beyond anybody have the right to demand. He said, it was your property. And then when you sold it, it was your money. What it was, was it was hypocrisy. It was to hide from God to appear one portion while you withheld another portion. To say, I'm giving it all, but I didn't give it all. But I want to be known as I gave it all. But I want to be safe if I, don't, if I need some of it. It was all... See, because the, the intensity of the spirit, the light that was shining in that place. And so Ananias, he just drops dead. Boom. And so they take him, marry, bury him. Sapphira, his wife, isn't there. He, she shows up three hours later. And this is where you hold, yeah, the whole story's in there. It's Acts, what, it's Acts 5. Sapphira, tell me, did you sell the property for so-and-so? She said, yeah. Peter goes, how in the world did you conspire together to, against the Lord? Now, behold, the people who buried your husband are at the door. And boom, she's dead. And the last verse of chapter 5, it says, or not last verse, just the middle of chapter 5, says, and fear came upon everyone. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Because of what is... In the light, you just, it's different. It's a, it's a, and, but, but the fear, every time you read in the book of Acts that the fear of God starts to come, however it comes in judgment or it comes in the miraculous, awe-inspiring of what God is doing, it begins to accelerate and inactivate greater miracles. No one is willing to join the church unless they really, they, they, they're going, yeah, just, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm ready yet. But they're all held in high esteem. But people are coming from all the surrounding areas of Judea out of Samaria. They're bringing the sick people, the paralyzed people, the demonized people. And, and the church is growing. It says it's growing by multitudes. One of the largest components ever used to measure the church's growth is in multitudes are being added. And so what happens is Peter is now in being empowered in the like fashion of the transfiguration on the mount. 
he is experiencing in his own carrying himself the overshadowing of the glory. Just like Mary, some years back, had been overshadowed by the glory of God and conceived in her womb, the Christ, the Son of God, this became the Son of Man. God the Son becomes sons of the Son of Man. He's now carrying an, or, uh, an overshadowing anointing. So they put people out everywhere they can, out in the streets. doesn't matter. Just as long as Peter just kind of gets by him. It's not the physical shadow. It's the overshadowing. It's the same word for the transfiguration when uh, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them all and the voice came, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And this is miraculously. The Sadducees again, the council, the chief priests, the high priests, they're filled with jealousy and envy. So they go and arrest all of the apostles, all 12 of them, put them all in a common prison. But in the middle of the night, an angel comes, opens the door, and says, go into the temple and declare all the words of this life. Oh, to hear all the words of this life again. Not to be content to live in church eanity, but to come again and to the beholding. It's, it's growing. It's taking beyond. So they're there in the morning. I don't know how they got there. Did he put the, the, the guards in a trance? Did he just translate them, open the door and said, by the way, freedom? Did he just walk? But they walked, and now they're in the temple. And so the, the, you know, the pomp and ceremonial leaders, they gather together. Well, we're going to deal with this now. Finally, we've got, a, we've got a case against us. We're going to work this out. And they said, go get the prisoners. And they show up. Guards are there, standing like they would, you would expect them to be. And they said, yes, yes, sir. They go open the door. They go in. And there's nobody there. This is our heritage. This is our story. We're a part of this story. Whoa, and they're looking around. And they go. So the captain of the guard goes back to the high priest and says, you know what? We don't have them. The place was locked just as we left it, but. We don't have them. And so they're going, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? But they, all of a sudden, news comes. Those guys you put in prison yesterday, they're back in the temple, and they're preaching. So the captain of the guard goes, and they, they gently, very respectfully, ask the apostles, would you mind showing up at your hearing? Because they're afraid. They understand that they are not in control of the situation, although they want to control it desperately. So, there they are. And they said, didn't we tell you? Didn't we, didn't we demand that you never say this guy's name? Jesus? And yet you're filling the whole Jerusalem with the name and the teaching of the name Jesus. His resurrection. And you're going to bring his blood on our heads. And Peter said, well, if it's better for us to obey God or you, you tell us. We can't but share what we've seen and heard. And it was you who murdered him, but God raised him. And now we are proclaiming him because he's the means of salvation. Repentance, remission. Repentance, remission. Change the way you're thinking. Accept truth that you have not heard before. Return to truth that was prophesied that you forgot about. Return and then remit your sin. Be free. And then here comes Holy Spirit. That's the message through the resurrection. They're so furious. 
they're, they, 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 they're just saying, let's kill them. We got all 12 of them. Kill them now. But Gamaliel, which is a Pharisee, he was the one who trained the apostle Paul when he was Saul of Tarsus. But he's a Pharisee. And he has a respect for God. And he's seen the, 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 the utter rejection of God in the, in the thoughts of these men. So he says, listen, wait, wait. Put, put the guys out. I, I, need, I need a word with everybody. So he says, here's the deal. We're always going to have people trying to take people somewhere. And it, we had it where this one person led 400 men. But he died. And everybody dispersed. And then during the census, back, you know, when Jesus was born, uh, there was this Judas who had led a group of people. But he died, and everybody left. So beware, brethren, that you, if this is plans man, if this is man-made, it'll go to nothing. It'll dissipate. But if it is not God, if it is God, and you, and you go against these men, you will find yourself fighting against God. And a fear enough took hold, so they said, all right, let's just beat him, intimidate him, and again, demand that you do not speak in this name. Do you imagine how powerful this name must be? Jesus. 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 So they bruise him, beat him, send him off, and they're going home. They're going home. Going, we have been elevated in the sight of God, that we've been honored to be suffering shame for his name. Oh, to be there with them. The church continues to grow. In fact, the last verse of that encounter, it says, and they daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Nobody needs to know anything else right now, but Jesus is the Christ. And they just wouldn't stop that. This is the, the king, the sovereign Lord. This is the one who's been exalted. This is the one who's raised. This is the means of salvation. He is the Messiah. Well, the church keeps growing, but there's now logistics. You've got widows that aren't being fed, or some feel the favoritism is being to the Hebrews that live in Jerusalem, but there's some Hellenists, which were Greek-speaking Jews, who'd been a part of the diaspora, and, and tend to see there was a separation, there was jealousy, there was, there was prejudice, like there always will be with everybody. And they're, they're saying, well, you're not taking care of our widows like you're taking care of your widows, so now, now there's strife starting. And so it comes to the apostles' tension. And so the apostles say, wait, wait, it isn't a good idea if we stop praying and serve tables. But I tell you what we are going to do. You guys find seven people that can do the job, and we'll put our hands on them and anoint them for the work. We'll, you find them, we'll appoint them. So that pleased everybody. So they choose the seven. And he says, what we're going to do is we're going to continue daily, uh, continue to minister daily in prayer and the Word. We're going to be in the Word and in prayer. That's something that because the, the, the whole body, you see, what we began is how we have to maintain. If we don't continue in what we've birthed, then we return back to the flesh. So we're going to stay in the Spirit. We're going to be in prayer. We're going to keep preaching and declaring the truth. But we, we've got to care. We've got to do this. So they do it. They lay hands on them. And all of a sudden, bam, it's multiplication. This guy, Stephen, is full of the Spirit. They said, find me people full of the Spirit and wisdom. 
You, because this is a, we're a company. We're not a, we are a company of believers that are being moved by the Spirit, living in truth. We cannot function in any other fashion if we're to walk in the authority that we've been given to live and enjoy. So God says to Cammie this morning, don't panic. That's like what Jesus said to Jairus after he heard his daughter had died. Do not be afraid. Stephen is so empowered while he's serving tables, he's healing people. Then a whole other sect of the Jewish uh, synagogue of the freedmen. Oh, and they begin to argue, and Peter, Stephen, just, they, they can't withstand what he's doing. He's carrying so much spirit and so much wisdom. But they, their jealousy, they come up with a plan, and they, they come up with evil men, and they get false accusers, and they arrest Stephen and bring him before the Sanhedrin. The same group. This is the third time now the church stands before him. Are you okay if I just finish this? I just got like a, two, two quick chapters. Close this up so we can go into the next chapter. I've already done uh, six chapters, so I guess that tells you how long it takes. Oh, Lord. But I did, yeah, oh, Lord. They said to Stephen, he's standing there, and they've seen his face radiating light like an angel's face. And they say to him, is these things so that you're being accused of? He's been accused that he's going to destroy the temple. Jesus is going to remove it. The customs of Moses. He's being accused of things he's not saying. The church never has to speak against anything. We have way too much to speak about. We have someone we've got to declare who is. And so he, the, 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 he says, brethren, man, listen, listen to me. The God of our fathers appeared to Abraham when he lived in Mesopotamia before he moved to Haran. And he starts to tell the story of Israel, the story of Abraham, the covenant, the promise, the limitation faced to put upon him, the, the promise of the, the, uh, the incarceration in Egypt, the sending of, of Joseph, and then the, then the forgetting of who Joseph was and the harsh treatment that Pharaoh put upon the, the Jews and the Hebrews, and then the whole uh, Moses being put into the water to die because it was a decree, yet he was brought into Pharaoh's daughter's house and then raised, and then at 40 he decided, I'm feeling a calling. There's something I'm supposed to do more than be Pharaoh's son, Pharaoh's daughter's son, I'm going to go to the Hebrews and check out my brethren. And he sees someone killing, you know, an Egyptian, mistreating a Hebrew. And Exodus, you read it yesterday, chapter 2, he looks this way, he looks that way, he sees the chance, kills the guy, bam, buries him in the sand. Next day, you see, he's, he's begun his ministry. That's how we all start our ministry. You have to kill somebody usually, thinking we're doing God a service. In any case, he's standing there, and he sees two Hebrews, two brothers, and they're arguing. He says, brethren, we can't be in strife. And the one who's causing the strife says, what in the, who made you my boss? You're not my ruler. You have no say over my life. Are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? <gasps> Terror comes upon Moses because he knows that he, Pharaoh cannot allow this to happen this insurrection. He is going to come after Moses, or Moses flees, goes to the land of Midian, rescues these shepherdess because they're being mistreated by other shepherds, and then the 
father, Jethro, says, bring him in, and he's willing to stay because he has no place to go, and he gives him his wife, uh, Zipporah, and they have children, and he's just settled into a shepherd until the bush begins to burn, and he goes to see it. And now the angel in the fire says, come, take off your shoes. You're in a holy place. And this Moses is the one who prophesied. There's a new prophet coming, one like me, but him you will hear. So here he is. Here he is. He's, he's, yet they didn't want to worship God. They were stubborn in their emotions. They wouldn't admit it. As soon as he's up, he's not up. He's up in the mountains for what, 40 days in the fire, burning fire, like going into a forest fire, and he's staying up there for 40 days in the natural thinking of the slavery Israelis. He's dead probably. We, we can't go on without something we have to lead us. We need, a, we need an image of God. So they get the calf. And God says, oh, gosh. This is Stephen's account. He said, did you guys really worship me for those 40 years? Did you offer sacrifice? No, you didn't. Let's just go on the record. You did it to your own God of Raphim, the Moloch. You, you, were, you, just, you said you were doing it for me, but your heart was worshiping other gods. Yet, I brought the tabernacle that God, I gave Moses into the land, drove out the nations, and then I found favor with David. And David said, I want to build you a house. And I, I can't. Uh, your son will build it. And who, what house am I going to sit in anyway? I mean, I sit in heaven and my feet are on the earth. But I'm going to go ahead and you're going to do it. And about this time now, Peter, Stephen says, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised of heart and hearing. You always resist the Holy Spirit, like your fathers did. Which of the prophets did you not rise up and, and, and God sent that you did not kill? You're, you're in the same spirit. And they're raging. The teeth are gnashing, grinding. And he says, if it was me, I'd be gone. Ooh, I think I better back up. Let's just get a little more politically correct on this moment. No, no, he doesn't. Because what happens? The heavens open. He's filled with the Spirit. He's filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I want to be filled with the Spirit in those moments. I don't want to be full of me. Because I'll retreat to protect me. I want to be full. He goes, look, I see the heavens open, the glory of God. And there is Jesus standing at the right hand of God. The people plug their ears. And they yell and they scream and they chase into Stephen and take him to to outside the city. And they're all, you know, making themselves ceremonially cleaned before, you know, you're supposed to take certain coats off before you stone people. So they did all that, leave it at, Pete, at Saul's feet. Bam! Stephen's looking up and saying, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, I commit to you my spirit. And then right before he breathes his last, he says, Lord, don't, don't, put, this, don't put this sin on their account. Forgive. Well, you would think what was going to happen the wrath of man had so increased, the evil, the hatred, that, that there began a great persecution of the church. And, and Saul got his mission, and he started dragging people into prison. He started going into houses. He started arresting. You either renounce your faith in the Christ, and he is not the Christ. You do not say Jesus is the Messiah. Stop that. 
or into prison. And so this is happening. So there's a scattering, a great scattering. And you think, oh, no. God's saying, oh, yay. We got to get the message out. We've only been in Jerusalem. By now, I wanted you to be in Judea and Samaria. So, and then it says that those who were scattered went and preached everywhere. I told Cammie, I've been scattered a number of times in my life. I've never gone out preaching more. I always go in a corner and lick my wounds. How could this happen? Oh, I feel so unsettled. But this surge, this is my inheritance. This is the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that could, this company right here, filled with the Spirit, committed into the following after the Lord, engaged, surrendered, encountering these super, I can't do these things. But if God does these things, we'll act just like them. We'll act just like them. So if we're not doing them, we can say, oh, we've got to be more committed. No, we need more of Jesus. We'll never do more. Let more of him so there can be less of us. So they go, they're preaching, and they're declaring. So Philip, one of the seven, he goes down to Samaria, and he starts delivering people from demonic powers. He starts there screaming. He starts healing. And there's a magician named Simeon, or Simon, who's, who's really controlled the whole region is with sorcery. And they're all going, this guy, don't touch him. He's big. He's bad. But he even sees the miracles and the power and the preaching of the Christ. So he comes, and they also are getting baptized. Everybody's getting baptized. And they're here up in Jerusalem. Oh, it's happening in Samaria now. It's multiplying. It's increasing. This level of the church is taking over. So they send Peter and John to lay hands on them to receive the Holy Spirit because they haven't received the Holy Spirit. They've just believed the message of Christ and been baptized for the remission of sin. So they lay hands on them, and everybody's starting to speak in tongues and come alive. There's a whole prophecy sound. And Simeon, who's quite a, Simon, who's quite a, you know, he's aware of the world. He knows how to work the system. He knows what, how, what this means. He says, hey, guys, I will give you money good money, if you will confer to me this power that whoever I put my hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. Peter goes, dude, you, your money perish. You, you perish with it. You're, you, you've had a thought in your heart that you better right now ask God, please forgive the thought that I could buy the gift of God. You don't, I don't, you, that's an easy thing to do when you have means in the earth to think you can purchase the things of heaven. You cannot. You cannot. So they say, well, he said, pray this. Pray, pray that God will forgive you. He says, I can see that you're, you're full of bitterness and you're bound in iniquities. You're all caught up. You, you, he's going, please pray for me. Pray for me that none of this happens. So we've got a new conversion, a new remission a new release, a new deliverance. Philip, meanwhile, God says, and I'm closing, he says, I want you to head toward Gaza, down the, down the south. And while he's walking, he says, you see that chariot over there? I want you to go walk alongside that um, Lexus, the convertible. I want you to just listen. And, the, and there's an Ethiopian eunuch who is in charge of masses of money, He's come to Jerusalem to worship. He's reading Isaiah 53. And Peter, Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? He goes, no, not unless someone could teach me. You want to, hey, come on in. Would you show me? 
And he was just happening to read that like, he, was, he was like a lamb taken. And, and who will declare his generation? So he starts from that scripture and teaches, preaches, Peter, pe- preaches Jesus. He says, this is Jesus. That's all about Jesus. Because the eunuch said, is it about the prophet or about somebody else? It's about Jesus. And he's teaching. And all of a sudden, they're driving by, and there's a little lake. And he stops, and he says, what will forbid me? Is there any reason? I've got to be baptized. I'm in this thing. What you're saying is true. Repent and be baptized. I want to be baptized. So he says, oh, okay, in the water. Pull them out. And the Holy Spirit captures Like Elijah. He's gone. And he finds himself in Asherah. And then he begins to move himself up this circuit, up the cities, all the way till he ends in Caesarea. And that's the end of chapter (laughs) 8. Tomorrow, we get to watch the conversion of the terrorist. And we'll begin reading the book of James, which is one of the first epistles written by the Lord's brother. And one of the most powerful ones. Would you stand with me? I appreciate you being so attentive. What a story. What a story. That's our inheritance. And we will end better than we began. Mark my words because it's God's word. We will be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Lord Jesus, we ask that grace would be given to us to become diligent seekers at this season we're in, to not be content with the status quo or to be a fearful of the world and its woes, but to begin to be those who are pursuers of God into the inheritance, into truth. Lord, we believe. We want to think new thoughts, truths that we've never yet fully embraced and seen. We cannot do any of this. This all was initiated by Jesus Christ. We're asking you to reinitiate the closing of the age, reactivate the closing of the age, the greatest glory, the greater glory. We're asking you to give us new thoughts that we could return to you with those thoughts that we could receive the remission of our sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit oh Lord oh Lord each of us one heart at a time each of us coming after you thank you thank you Lord you've been so wonderful in our church you are so full your great your glory rests over us so much but I ask you don't bring us where we're to be don't stop to where where we're to be to where you want us where you've prepared for us and Lord God no matter where we have been no matter what has happened to us in our journey I know one thing from the scripture and from truth you find us where we are to bring us where you are. And you will not leave us where we are because you will carry us into the future of who we are. And every lie, every condemnation, every sense of betrayal, there's nothing, nothing wasted that you began a long time ago in each of our lives to bring us to this place. And it's your commitment to wipe the tears from our eyes 
and the trauma out of our lives so that we can be fresh and yielding and, and seeing and receiving and stepping into our future that is ours in Christ. So, Lord, we experience, expect to receive remission of sins in massive ways, liberation from past traumas and dramas as we come and pursue you so we can be like little children gazing into the kingdom, bright-eyed, bushy, bushy tail, just excited about what's happening. So right now, Lord, we ask that all that yuck, as we bring it to you, you would just dismantle its lies, its hypocrisies, its self-absorbed thoughts, and free us to see the one man, the Christ, the one who's exalted, the one who death could not hold, the one who God exalted to his right hand, the one who is our Lord and Savior. Open our eyes that we might see Jesus in this high exalted place. Yes? Do you want to? Do you want to see Jesus? Do you want to? He wants to show himself. Yes, Lord. We want to see you, Jesus. We're not doing religion. I don't want to do religion anymore. I could care less about it. But I do want you to do me. I want you to have access and to access us so that we might see you and you might be seen in us to see the world might come to you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise, Lord. What you're beginning, you're never going to stop until it's finished. We give you praise. We give you praise, Jesus. We give you praise. Praise you, Jesus. Would you say his name with me? Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you and believe you and long for you and love you and exalt you and acknowledge you. You are Lord. You are King. You are Deliverer. Jesus. 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 Now go with the grace of our Lord. Go in the peace of our King. Go in the joy of your King. Celebrate Him. Love Him. Love one another. And love everybody online. We love you.